This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello everyone, welcome back to part two of the Stompcast. Um, I'm just wandering actually along the road. Roxy and I have left the, the part of the room, going to another one. We're really exploring today, which I, I'm enjoying. We're seeing lots of different places, construction going on. We've got urban, suburban areas. We've seen the dogs out for a walk, kids out walking. It's been a nice little wander, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been lovely. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying our conversation. I really appreciate how open you've been, and I'm no doubt that everyone's listened to part one. I'd be very grateful for that as well. Let's talk about manifestation because I know it's something you're really passionate about. I love this as well. I also believe a lot in affirmations and things. So I'd really love for you to kind of talk a little bit about like, what is manifestation? What does it mean for people that maybe don't, they have an idea, but they don't quite understand. And also how is it different to things like affirmations and maybe, you know, yeah. can they combine? Yeah. Can you do both? Yeah. So manifesting is using the power of your mind to change and create the reality you experience. And it is a self-development practice. So if somebody has heard of manifesting, it's likely they've heard some misconceptions around it. Mm. So they might have heard that manifesting is just about visualizing what you want, or just about having a positive mindset, or just about making a vision board, and then kind of just passively waiting for it to happen. But manifesting, and I created my kind of unique seven-step process in, in my book, Manifest Seven-Step Guide to book, yeah. yeah, Living Your Best Life. and I really put in everything you need to know about manifesting and really at its core manifesting is about self-worth it's about what you believe you're worthy of receiving and so this is a practice that is about it is about being clear in your vision which is step one and knowing what you want it's then about and what step two is is removing fear and doubt which is all about healing and that's why this is such a powerful self-development practice because it really requires you to change the beliefs that you have about yourself. It's then about aligning your behavior, which is step three, which is about taking action. It's about stepping outside your comfort zone, taking risks, being the person you want to become, changing your daily habits. Then step four is overcome tests from the universe, which is all about how to deal with challenges and tough times like we spoke about just yeah. now. Step five is then embrace gratitude without caveats. 
And that's all about cultivating this attitude of gratitude. And we know that gratitude has uh, countless benefits for our overall well-being um, and health. Uh, and I also, by the way, I call it the manifesting sweet spot, which is knowing what you want whilst being entirely grateful for all that you already have. Then step six is turn envy into inspiration. And that's about how to deal with envy and to show and allow it to show us kind of what need, still needs healing so that we're not passing it on as judgment for others and instead turning it into inspiration. And then step seven is, all, is trust in the universe, which is all about surrender, letting go and faith and seeing those kind of coincidences in your lives as a sign that something is working for us. And so you can see that really manifesting is not just about knowing what you want. It is about, it has so many steps in it that if anybody was to follow those seven steps, I think you can hear when I lay them out in seven steps, yeah. of course it's going to change your life. Yeah. Of course it's going to change what you attract into your life and the person that you become. And for me, that's the greatest gift of manifesting. It's not about manifesting you know, a paycheck or a car or whatever, you know, these silly things. It's about manifesting the best version of yourself that exists, an empowered version of you um, that doesn't want to accept a life that doesn't make them fulfilled and happy. So, I mean, you can hear, as soon as I start talking about manifesting, I'm just, so, well, I it's, just it's love so, it so much. I mean, I, I, I believe it to be so powerful. And I think I'm really glad that what you talk about is the active process of it, because it's not just going, all oh, right, I really think I'm going to win the lottery today. It's like, you have to go out and do things, uh, you know, to make that happen. I guess yeah. it's like, if I imagine myself when I was younger, you know, imagining where I'm going to be a footballer one day, I'm going to be Cristiano Ronaldo, and just like lying in my bed and just thinking that's going to happen. You have to take such an active process. I guess like... You know, the real world, I guess, um, example for me would have been like wanting to be a doctor. Like there's so many things you have to go through and you have to be so active in that. And also I think part of it is of truly manifesting where you want to be is also accepting that you will have knockbacks as well, isn't it? Like when I failed to get into med school first time around, like you, you, it's not like all, right, all of a sudden I'm going to make this happen. The whole journey is going to be flawless. There's going to be back steps, three steps back, six forwards and all that exactly. kind of stuff, isn't there? Exactly. And that's step four, overcome test from the universe. And it's how to persist through those challenges and see them as opportunities for growth. So that's actually, I always say it's my favorite step because it teaches you how to like deal with life. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Life is never, and life is often not fair as well sometimes. You might think, well, I really deserve this. I've done all the steps up to here and it's gone against me. And sometimes you'll have, luck goes both ways. There's, there's a bit of luck in it as well. Is an example that you can share that you know, you've used that manifestation and seen that real benefit in your own life? Oh my God, I mean... But there's a few, but yeah. Do you know, there's, there's nothing in my life that, I had, that isn't because of manifestation. I mean, four years ago, I was truly at rock bottom. I mean, I'd, I'd never, ever, ever known what it was like to be happy. And I'd been, oh, you know, still in the battle of addiction to cocaine and alcohol and had been for a decade at that point. You know, and I only started my career three and a half years ago. Yeah. And, you know, this, the speed of it all... It really is down to my seven steps of manifesting. Like, I live and breathe them. And, you know, for a specific example, you know, last year in January 2022, I put my vision board down and did my vision board. I always do it on New Year's Eve. And I wrote, like, the book on the heading. And so, and the book, I mean, there was no, nothing to say this book was going to do well at all like I, to be honest I thought it was a pile of shit when I wrote it because I only had eight weeks to write it and I was like it's too <laughs> simple my inner critic but I was like no I'm not going to let my fears and Boxer doubts yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. and I was like no I'm still going to dream big 
So I put on it like Sunday Times bestseller, uh, American publishing deal, American morning TV. Like I was so specific. Um, I said it would boost my career to the next level and absolutely everything that happened. And one of the things I'd put on there was um, see it in airports, see the book in airports. And this was one thing that just was not happening. And I kept going to Penguin and I was like, why is the book not an Air Force? And they were like, <laughs> you, ha- yeah, they were like you have a hardback book. They don't accept hardbacks. Yeah. They were really sorry to know. But I was like, I'm not going to give up. Yeah. So every time I went to Penguin, I was like, please tell them. They have to put it in the show. I'm not, t- I'm not turning into a paperback. It's not an option. I love the cover. And I just kept pushing and persisting. And I, didn't, I wasn't at all bothered by the, them saying no. And then, uh, you know, just before Christmas, Wade went to Gatwick Airport and showed me not one, but two of my books in the airport. And I was like, yes. But, you know, it is that constant persistence. And, you know, throughout this whole journey, I've definitely, you know, I have had, so, as so many people say, but, you know, so many moments of rejection and people saying no. And, but because of manifesting, I've been able to not allow them to derail me or take me off course I must say it was kind of a little bit sad to hear you say that you kind of I think you said something along the lines of you didn't really experience what happiness was yeah and that's only a few years ago I mean, how, how old are you now can we ask 32 this? you're 32 so only a few years ago was when you first felt that happiness that's yeah. quite sad isn't it yeah yeah it is it's quite a sad thought um, it is yeah why why is that what do you think is why is that being so elusive for you and I guess is that did the manifestation come at the same time as you kind of realising this kind of glimpse of happiness or whatever? So I didn't learn how to be happy growing up. So I didn't grow up in, although I had many privileges growing up, I didn't grow up in a happy household. And I, I think there's a lot of learned depression. Uh, there was a lot of, it was a very volatile environment. And I went through various traumas in my childhood I just, I loathed myself from as long as I can remember. And that kind of turned into eating disorder at school. Then as soon as I left school, I found drugs and alcohol. And then all I knew was like, was happiness that wasn't really happiness. It was just highs from drugs. And so that for me was the only way I could experience joy. But of course, at the, at the other side of these kind of extreme drug-induced highs is the come down. And so I think... You know, with depression and addiction, I always think it's like, which, which is coming first? I think obviously you're escaping from something, but then the depression exacerbates because you're constantly on a come down and, and you don't know how to like really enjoy life without it. And the, and the shame and, and every, and actually I think it is in itself, you know, knowing, you know, I went to my first NA meeting, I think I was 21 or 22 and I didn't give up until I was 28. And so this is, there's seven years there where I knew I was an addict trying to get out of the cycle. And that is, is yeah, that is quite traumatic in itself because there's so much shame around not being able to give something up when you know did, you need to. Did that shame feed into you when you used to use your words, the self-loathing? Yeah. Did that feed into that? Honestly, the self-loathing has been with me forever. I think it was long before that. I've always despised myself. So what changed, though? So what, when I hit that rock bottom, I my friends had said to me, like, oh, you should try it. Because I was like, I just don't know what to do. Like, I've, I, just, I have no hope. Like, I'm never going to change. I'm never going to know what it's like to be happy. And also social media was getting bigger then. And everybody was, there wasn't that kind of 
honesty that there is now. Yeah. I mean, it's still not everywhere, but it's so much better now. Whereas the then, partial honesty at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't any of it. And so I really was like totally warped by this idea that like everybody else was really happy and put and like smashing lives you know yeah, and, stuff, yeah. and, and you know who would be like silly on Instagram and I was like god how are people silly like to be silly you must be really joyful yeah. and so I really um, struggled anyway my friend said to me listen to this podcast of manifesting and something in me just clicked and what clicked was that I understood that it was all about self-worth and so I was manifesting but in the wrong direction and it was manifesting that helped me find the joy. Yeah. And, and, and actually, I will say that a big part of that was also that I'd met Wade like two weeks after I'd discovered manifesting. And Wade is such a integral part of my growth because I said to him the day we met, like, the, you know, I manifested you, this is the universe. <laughs> and he is someone that has, is really also in, interested in self-development. Like, he's honestly like my free therapist. And so it's been amazing to have someone in my life who is literally my best friend. And although we're not together romantically anymore, we still live together and we're actually like best, best yeah, friends. Yeah. Um, and... You know, having someone to like support you is something that I think I'm, I'm very grateful for yeah. because he's definitely helped me with that. There's a real as power. Well. There's something around. People throw this around a lot, but I think I believe it to be absolutely true that you are the sum of the kind of four or five people that are around you, mm. that are in your life, the sum of your friendship circle. I mean, you can see it absolutely ring true at school. If you look yeah. at, if you look, I know it from my friends and stuff, and I see people that fell into certain circles, they became a very similar version of each other, and they kind of bring out the best and worst in each other. And it's sometimes used quite negatively, but also I saw it, you know, happen in places where people were elevated. Like I, I had, wasn't in the best circle when I was kind of at the beginning of school, and I struggled a lot with things like bullying and all this kind of stuff. And I ended up kind of getting into, I was really, I always loved sport. I started playing a bit of sport and you know, I was relatively smart at school. I used to struggle with certain things, but I was relatively smart. And I made a very good friend um, called Adam, who's now like best friend. And I'm godfather to his daughter, Cara. And, you know, he was the kind of captain of the kind of football team and rugby yeah. team. And kind of, he, he loved listening to this now. He was the cool kid and I was the geek. I, was the, I wasn't that. Um, and then, you know, becoming friends with him and a few of the other people, it gave me a sense of confidence in myself. And like from that, I really developed so much because I learned that, no, you can be confident. I can do this. I can play sport. I can be more than I was. Yeah. So there's something around that. And I think when you've got going through a hard time, attracting or bringing in the right people, that can kind of help lift you out of difficult spots or show you a different way, a different perspective is so powerful, isn't it? Definitely. I totally agree. And I think, I just want to say also for anyone listening, because I think that I've spoken quite a lot about, you know, how shit things have been. But I think what's really important is I do want to say that things are so different now mm. and there is that way out. Mm. I have used these kind of seven steps and a real commitment to inner healing. And now... Although I do, the BDD does flare up, I do love who I am. And I am really confident in myself, especially at work and what I have to offer the world. And I'm really proud to be able to say that. And I'm grateful every day for the fact that, like, I like who I am. Yeah. Well, I, so I can only can imagine change. that, that in, I don't know this at all, this completely, and you can shoot me down for saying this, but I can imagine <laughs> in times it would be difficult for you to say that. Yeah. Given what you said earlier, yeah. to imagine maybe saying that wouldn't be the easiest thing. So it's... 
you know, thank you for saying that. And you're right. I mean, we should, do you not, do you think, I mean, it's all, I find it so odd that people, if you ask someone to say, do you love yourself? And to say yes, people start, even if you don't ha- have an experience of the things you discuss, they, they still find it like, oh my God, that's so cringe. It almost creates a discomfort, like you want to be sick. Uh-huh. But why would you not love yourself? 100%. And I think it's why I like to say it, because I want to give other people permission to say it to themselves yeah. too. There's and a challenge. Wherever you are right now, say, I love myself. Go on, Charlie, you can say it. I love myself. Harry? I love myself. I love myself. Now, you're going to, everyone, everyone listening, I want you to do it. Even if you're on the tube or if you're not, you're stomping in a busy place, I want you to say it. It is important. It, it is absolutely important. I think it nicely segues us into affirmations and maybe yeah. we can talk a little bit about where they fit in. Yeah. I mean, affirmation is something I, I absolutely love. I, mean, I spoke to Alan Mills from... Uh, deliciously Ella about kind of affirmations she uses yeah. it with her children and I personally when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning that's when I do my affirmations yeah. I find it a really good way to hardwire my brain some of these things do you use affirmations and, and how do they fit in with the manifestation they're a huge tool that I use and I, and I do talk about it in the book and I have a deck of uh affirmation cards I'll send Love you it. some that I Love made it. with the head plan but um you know basically one big part of manifesting is about reprogramming your subconscious beliefs that you have about yourself and affirmations when used repeatedly can help you with this kind of rewiring and I'm sure you've spoken about this um, on the podcast many times before but the subconscious parts of your brain can't differentiate the truth from a lie so it'll believe whatever you say to be true so if you're going around saying I'm no good I'm worthless it's never going to happen to me your subconscious believes that to be true and then it will align everything to meet that truth so it will change the way you perceive the world uh, how you react what opportunities you seek but if you keep saying to yourself I am worthy I am enough I am strong. Your subconscious will eventually, when you do it enough, so you can't just say it once, that won't work. But if you say it enough, your subconscious will take that as truth and it will respond accordingly. It's kind of like going to the gym and saying, I want to be able to lift this weight and thinking that if you just do it, try and do it once, that'll be it, you'll be able to do it. Or just giving up because you can't. It's kind of that starting small and building up and seeing that over time, you're like, gosh, I'm, I'm not just talking this talk, I'm walking yeah. it. I believe this stuff now. It's going in here, isn't it? And it exactly. teaches that subconscious that, that this is real. And you'll feel more comfortable saying it because I know that when people start saying, yeah. I am enough, they will cringe even if nobody can hear them. Yeah. Like I do it in workshops. I say, guys, say to yourself in your head, I am enough, I've always been enough. And you see people start laughing, even in their heads, when no one can hear, they find it really hard. So it really is about getting comfortable with you saying it, and that will come with practice. Well, I do. I stand in the mirror with the the toothbrush in the morning, and I say, I love myself, I'm proud of who I am, I forgive myself for my mistakes, and I'm being my best, I'm being the best version of myself. Those are usually like four or five. Add one or two. One or two I keep to myself. (laughs) But I do that, and it really helps me up here, I think. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think we're very much aligned with the power of affirmations. Yeah. You talked about your cards to help people with affirmations. What are they and how, 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 can, how can people use it in practice? I think the thing I'm very keen about is that if you're going to do anything for your well-being, you do have to be consistent with it, don't you? It's kind of like the idea of going to the gym once and expecting to do your personal best and, on the squats or whatever. You know, <laughs> it needs to be consistency. So 
Why did you create them and how can people integrate them into day-to-day life? Yeah, so I, I really wanted to make the self-development tools that would help people to use them consistently because I think to get yourself to just say it every day can be challenging for some people whereas if they've got like a ritual it's easier so I have I have a few but one of them is called the mantras and this is a deck of 52 cards with 52 affirmations on them and they're available from the head plan and what I want people to do is every morning is to just pick one or pick two um, and then they then they have the mantra they're ready for them and so it's just really simple but one one thing that I really like to do um, is I choose one before bed I don't look at it I put it down face down next to my bed as soon as I wake up I read it I and it's actually that. really good because I your, your subconscious is most susceptible to positive messaging right. as you wake up, absolutely as you're falling right. asleep and in a meditative state. And also state. most susceptible to negative things as well. So yeah. that's why I avoid, read the card, don't look at BBC News yeah. or whatever. You know, yeah. But it is, I mean, when you wake up, you are that fresh, I mean, I've talked about this before, you're this blank piece of paper. Mm. You're this very vulnerable being <laughs> coming into yeah. the world. You're literally waking up from like a deep slumber you're susceptible yeah so have a positive thing there not yeah. negative where can people if people want to get um these cards where can they get it so the head plan where so can they find yeah that? if you type in the head plan times roxy nafusi on google it will come up there's uh there's also a 12-week journal for self-love and empowerment and a manifest deck which is like 52 manifesting reminders like that. the mantras but a deck of sort of manifest so one will say sort of um, let go of what no longer serves you yes. or you know don't be afraid to shine in your uniqueness or whatever just nice little like it's like having someone as your little cheerleader well, the thing is, it's very, I think people and I've had people say this to me before like sometimes when you start something the hardest bit is starting and I know that and you know if you're trying to start affirmations you've never done it before even just thinking of something to say is really hard so Definitely. I think having something in front of you that's is there for you to read. I, I just think that makes it so much easier. I think it's a fantastic idea. I really yeah. do. I think it's oh, a brilliant thank idea. you. Thank you. That brings us a very on a very positive uh, note to the end of part two. Um, thank you to everyone that's been listening. Uh, we've enjoyed a storm. We can hear the birds. Let's end on the birds. I just thought, how nice is that? Oh, that is so <laughs> lovely, isn't it? I'd say we, you can find nature everywhere, anywhere. We are properly in kind of central London area and we are finding nature around us so I hope you've enjoyed this walk guys and check out definitely check out um, those manifestation cards brilliant brilliant idea I'll see you in part three very soon ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 
Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 